You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. I'm exhausted by all that, aren't you? I do what? You know, really, sometimes when you hear somebody tell about you, you're like, who is that? Are you talking about me? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, God is good. God is good. I have to tell you, I am so excited to be here. I love the Women in Ministry Network. I love it. It has been like the breakthrough for me when I joined. And I don't know about you, raise your hands if you feel like that has been the truth for you too. I know we've got some new people here too, but you know, a few years ago, um, Patricia was in Tampa and my friend had hosted her and she says, hey, we're starting this new thing. It just started. You should join. I was like, yeah, right? But the Holy Spirit said yes. And so I signed up and I remember the very first Women's Day I came to, I came by myself, which didn't bother me, but, uh, it, but it was just so awe. I was in awe because I saw the call of amazing women coming together and being supported and encouraged and having that safe place where they could grow. And I have grown. And you know what else I have done? I have been pushed to risk. Women in ministry has pushed me to do more, to take a greater risk. Just think about all the testimonies we've heard. It just builds such faith in us. It pushes us to do more. And I've been pushed to do more than I ever thought I could do. So I love women in ministry. I love Patricia. I love Michelle. And Michelle has been great to host me and Ruth. And we torture her every single morning. We are morning people. So 4.30, 5 o'clock, we're like, we are on it. I got the coffee brewing. <laughs> and I hear Michelle's dogs just starting to stir. And I'm like, shh, Michelle is sleeping. <laughs> and Ruth and I are screaming upstairs. <laughs> So it, thank you, Michelle, for hosting us. But anyhow, I just love it. I love it. And I want you to know we are a strong army of women. We are a strong army of women. And God has called us forth to change the world in this season. Each one of us carry a world-changing anointing for what he's given us, for our mountain. And it is amazing. I, I, when I saw you guys yesterday, I got all teary. I was like... We're back. We're back. So anyhow, and I want to take a panoramic picture of all of you. And what I want for everyone watching online, because I've already gotten a message from someone uh, from Diana. She's part of our group. And she says, all of the speakers and testimony have been over the top. So if you're watching online, I want you to put your picture up and say, I'm watching because we want to be able to look through our page and say, oh, look, Diana was watching. Oh, look, we want to connect with everyone who couldn't come 
but's watching with us. So I'm going to take our little panoramic picture because I want this to show everybody the possibilities when they become a part of this army of women. Okay, y'all ready? I need smiles. I'm going to put my mic down for a minute. And it will be on Facebook. Don't worry about it. And we'll tag as many as we can, right? So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited. So I, I brought one of my books with me. It just came out. It's called I Am. And, you know, God loves to meet with us, right? And I went through a season for over a month where every morning he was waiting on me. And sometimes he would be in my bedroom. And when I would wake up, he would be waiting. Because he wanted to tell me who he was. And what is so awesome is I would get my coffee and go sit in my chair and he would say, I am. And then he would start talking about who he is. <sighs> okay, I'm not going to cry. And I just want to read one of them. It says, uh, he's one, and I wrote them all in there and I thought they were just for me. I would soak over them. I'd pray over them. And he said, now I want you to put them in a little book. And I'm like, Okay, God, if you say so, I will. But it, the one, this was the one I wanted to read over us. He says, I am your father who hears. He hears you. He says, I have an answer for you. Follow me. Follow me. So if you want one of these, you can, you can come see me. I didn't bring tons of them, but you can get them on Amazon. They don't ebook because it has a lot of graphics in it, and the ebooks don't transfer well. So anyhow. But uh, it, the book is to really draw you into that intimate time of knowing the heart of the Father for you. Amen? He is so good. He is so good. So I'm excited about declaring our mountain. I had so much fun with Ruth. Uh, that was just really fun to take our swords and to scream. There's nothing like screaming with a bunch of women, right? It was so awesome. And the Lord has given me a word for this season. And the word he's given me is, we will win. We will win. And I want you to say that with me because as we declare with our mouth, it is established for us. So we understand that when, you, when each of us say we will win, that is established for us. That is an open door for us. So we want to declare what the Lord is saying. And it is we are winners and we're going to win this battle. We are not going to be defeated. We are not going to be taken out. We are going to win. So ready? Stand with me. And let's, let's just declare this. Let's go ahead and get this in the atmosphere, right? Ready? We will win. How's that feel? Ready? Let's do it again. Ready? We will win. One last time, right? Three's a charm. We will win. Amen. Amen. Right. And we are going to, in fact, a couple from my church does t-shirts and they surprised me with a t-shirt that had, we will win across it. And I love wearing it. I love wearing it when I do videos and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, Patricia had mentioned last night how there's been such a shift here. And we understand that when there's a tangible shift, it's an, it's an indication of what God is doing. 
Well, at our church in Tampa, we have had that tangible shift too, where the presence of the Lord is so thick and weighty that we're seeing things that we haven't experienced before. But not only that, when we all get together, it's not the same thing. It's like when we get together, he doesn't do the same thing every Sunday or every miracle night or every prophetic night. We go with an expectation that he's going to move and then he moves and then we're surprised by what he does, even though we expected him to do it. We have been so amazed at the way he is expanding our ability to encounter him. And that really is what he's doing right now in this season. We talked about, she talked about last night how this time last year, there was a heaviness. I preach so much repentance. I have never preached repentance at that level. Every Sunday, they're like, what's your sermon about? Repentance. What's your sermon? Repentance. I know they were thinking, is that the only sermon you have? Yes, right now in the season. Well, you know what the season is now? Breakthrough. It's miracles. It's revival. It's harvest because God is doing it. You know, he is sweeping like a wave over us, and he's looking for us to want what he has. He's looking for us to desire more of him. And the only way we do that is to wait and let God be God and us just step in to what he's doing. So, um, like I said, we've seen crazy things. We had a miracle. Uh, we have miracle services now. We used to have healing rooms. And God told us, he says, after five years of healing rooms, he said, this is too easy. I'm like, well, okay. I didn't think it was too easy. But he, he said, I want you to start advertising miracle services for your region. That's where I look at this group of women and say, I'm about to take this risk. God has his hand in my back and he is pushing me forward. I need you. I need your prayer. I, I need your covering. I know that I can post something in women in ministry and they're like, we are all over it. Because God was calling us to display who he is to our region, open up our doors and say, come in because there's a miracle for you. Now in the smallness, the finiteness of my brain, I thought everybody was going to come in and get out of their wheelchairs and all that kind of stuff. No, everybody came in and God did what he wanted to do. And one night we're, we're, you know, we're just having this powerful worship and the worship team just stops. And usually when the worship team stopped, that means it's time for the pastor to get up and say something. I looked at them while I wasn't actually done worshiping. But this holy hush fell over our church. And we sat there for 15 minutes in just holy silence. No one said a word. And God started moving through. And people started getting healing. No one touched them. There was no music. There was no declaration. We just sat and watched God be God. And no one knew what was going on, but no one could even move because God was doing what God does. Then the last one we had, 
God decided he was going to break us out in laughter. Now, we aren't the laughter church. I'm just going to tell you that right now. We just aren't. I mean, if you walk into our church, you're not going to fall on the floor and roll around and laugh. You can. You're welcome to. But that's just not our signature. You're going to get healed. You're going to get delivered. You're gonna, you know, but, but that's just not. All of a sudden, their nice, conservative, apostolic pastor starts laughing so hard. My husband looks at me. I am like screaming laughing. And everybody else is screaming laughing. And the cute little worship leader she says, God's asking me to do something. I said, well, in my cackling, I said, well, go ahead. And she starts singing, he, 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 he. And she's playing it on her keyboard. And she looks at me and she's like, I said, just keep on, keep on. And I'm thinking, that is so weird. But if, and all of a sudden you see everybody get this like, it was like the powerball of laughter because she was willing to do something that is totally out of her hula hoop. And that's what God is doing. He's just saying, will you follow me? Will you follow me? So it's been fun. And, and it's not just here. It's not just there. It is breaking out everywhere. So this morning, I'm going to share a little vision that the Lord gave me, and it's a vision for all of us. I knew it wasn't a vision just for me. I knew it was a vision for the body of Christ. So I'm going to share that, and then we'll go from there. Um, it's a funny vi- I mean, it's not funny. Let me just go. So in my prayer time, I like to do, I like to read the Word. I have a plan of reading the Word. But then what happens is God will highlight a phrase or a verse And I just will spend some time meditating on it. And that's almost like the open door for me to step into a different level of presence with him. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried it. I learned it from a book called 100 Days by Jean Edwards. And it was by Madame Guyon. It was her little journal that she talked about moving past the scripture into the presence. It's the scripture that brings you in. So check it out because it is amazing. It is amazing. But it has changed a lot of uh, the way I encounter him. And the word I was meditating on was out of Samuel. And it says, the Lord revealed himself to Samuel. That's all I was meditating on. I was just praying over, meditating on. And suddenly I was in this vision. And I'm standing in what appears to be outer space. And I'm just kind of, you know, just suspended in outer space. I can see stars. I can see galaxies. And then up ahead, I see Jesus, and he's standing by a steel door frame. It doesn't have a door in it. It's just the frame, top, bottom, side to side. And I can feel this invitation to come. So I, I go up to the door frame and um, and I'm, 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 I know that I'm supposed to step through. And I'm like, of course, I want to step through. And Jesus stopped me and he said, this is serious. He said, if you step through the door, your life will never be the same. There will be a refocus of your time and energy. And I was a little bit puzzled by what he was saying to me. Not that I didn't understand it, but I thought, here's an open frame for me to walk through. But it wasn't just a, 
obligatory yes, it had to come with understanding that this would mark my life. And I believe that that is the season we're in. God is calling us into the seriousness of him. He's calling us into to pass through this time and space and refocus and realign who we are in order to take what he has for us, this mountain that he has for us. And I'm going to tell you something that you're going to laugh. Try not to judge me. You know, we talked about last night, when you preach, what you have to do is you have to give these disclaimers along the way so that nobody gets offended, right? So we've had Starbucks disclaimers. We've had gun disclaimers. We had pirate disclaimers. So I want you guys to know that what we say, we get feedback. And uh, I always say, you know, when I say something that I know is going to require a disclaimer, I say, do not private message me. Because <laughs> I want you to understand that I'm trying to share something don't get offended by it. Don't explain it to me. Just have grace for me, okay, right? So we have all these disclaimers. So I'm, I'm giving you a disclaimer. Don't judge me. Because here I am. You know, I got Jesus right here. He's saying, this is serious. You need to think about it. Do you know what I said out loud? He says, I'm going to refocus your time. Can I still play tennis? Now, I know that, that sounds really... I know, but I'd love to play tennis. And I schedule tennis just like my appointments, just like my business, just like I schedule tennis because I love it. Because if you don't schedule what you love, then you'll never do it, right? So I scheduled it. He didn't respond. <laughs> I'm sure he was thinking, let's not rabbit trail this, okay? But there was a part of me thinking, it's okay to ask him things like that because he already knows that it went through my brain. It's okay to be totally transparent with Jesus because he is totally transparent with us. So I'm just going to leave that where it is. And I, so he is waiting for my response. And all I can think of is out of John 6, I looked at him and I said, where else would I go? I have come too far not to go all the way through. So I step in from this kind of dark space area. And when I crossed through the threshold, it was filled with light. It was like a burst of light. And there were all these little like round fireball lights flying toward me. They were like revelation light. And I, I'm just looking at it. You know, you're overwhelmed sometimes uh, when that comes. And they're coming at me. And he said, catch the revelation light. Consume the revelation light. And release the revelation light. Release it. And so I, what did I do? I opened my mouth. <laughs> and I started catching all these. And they just kept coming. And I... I, the more, the wider I opened my mouth, the more that came in. Because there was no limit to the revelation that God wants to release to us. There's no limit. There's no limit for you. There's no limit for me. And, um, and it, the vision end, ended right there. But what I wanted to say was, there's more than enough revelation pouring out from heaven.
there's more than enough right now pouring out from heaven. Not only through the rhema, the prophetic word that you get, but through the living word that we consume, there's more than enough to solve every problem on this earth. Now, I want you to think about what I just said. There's more than enough revelation coming to the body of Christ to solve every political problem we face. There's more than enough revelation coming from heaven to, to uh, resolve, to solve, to take care of every human trafficking issue we have. There's more than enough revelation being poured into the body of Christ to shift the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. There's more than enough, and you carry it. You carry it, you carry it, you carry it, I carry it. There's more than enough. So every problem can be taken care of because the revealer lives in us. The revealer lives in us. We tap in to what we need. And we're going to talk about some of the challenges we come across in taking our mountain. I love this picture. And the thing I love about it is because it, they call it free climbing. I don't know anything about that. I live next to the beach. <laughs> the only thing I climb is through the sand. That's all I know. But the thing I love about it is this is how we are. We are climbing without ropes. We are climbing without, you know, they usually have all the water packs here and all this kind of stuff because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have angelic presence all around us. We don't need anything to hold on to because heaven holds on to us. Heaven holds on to us. So I love that. But I want us to remember that we are the problem solvers for this world. When we look at something and say, we don't know what to do, that is actually not true. Yeah, the Holy Spirit lives in us. The revelation is available to us, and the problem is the pro the solution to the problem is given to us. I was watching um, uh, Fox News. There was a little clip, and Sean Foyt was on there, and I know somebody else mentioned him earlier. And he was on there, and he was talking about having this special worship gathering in the park in Seattle, and how Seattle went and uh, closed the park for that day and boarded it up. So they couldn't go in. Now, in Seattle, it's okay to protest, but it wasn't okay to have a worship gathering in the park. So there was a problem. So he said, well, we don't have to worry about having a worship in the park. We're going to have a peaceful protest that includes worship. <laughs> so think about that. He didn't go away defeated saying, well... No worship today. They closed the park. He said, what is legal? Protest. Protest today. We can declare the word of the Lord. We can worship. We can do whatever we need to do because God had a solution for the problem that was given to him. And all he needed to do was tap in to what the shift was. And that's what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to tap in, to shift quicker. Has anybody ever driven a five-speed? I know that they don't make those that much anymore. You have to shift quick if you're going to get up to the right RPMs, right? 
God is looking for us to shift quick for the solutions he has for us. You know, we cannot... Put, put, put. No, he's saying, Vroom, we're driving Ferraris. <laughs> we are not driving. They tried to give me a Volkswagen Beetle. I, and I love those. They're cute. But I said, there's other people in my car. But they gave me a Charger. And these young guys who, who were renting a car got the car right next to me. They, they brought out cars. They rented out cars. So they brought up cars. They got a Nissan Altima. And there were other people waiting for cars, but they rushed and said, we'll take this car. We're like, okay, we got all day, kinda. And uh, then they brought out this Dodge Charger. And it was, and the guy was telling me, he said, why don't you take that? And I'm like, oh, thank you. These kids come up to me and they're like, we'll trade you. I'm like, no way. That's what I told him. I said, I am gonna go fast and I'm gonna go. But I didn't, I followed the speed limit. Well, to be honest with you, I will tell you, in Florida, the speed limit is posted about every half mile. It's not like that here. You have to look to try to figure out what is the speed limit. I'm like, is it 35? Is it? I had a hard time. So, but I did okay. I did okay. Okay. So anyhow, okay, let me, let me get to our points. We've got a couple points I want to cover because I want to make sure we do this and we, we uh, have a, just a minute to have some breakthrough because God's going to have some breakthrough. I want to talk about King Hezekiah. And I love him. I have been working on him since August, since the 1st of August, because he carries a word for today. And there's a couple of points I'm going to make, and I'm not going to read through a bunch of scripture just because of time, uh, but I would. Second Kings, Second Chronicles, and Isaiah, but we don't have that much time. Second Chronicles 29 opens up with Hezekiah is 25 years old. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to his father David. Well, his father was not David. His father was Ahaz. But Ahaz did what was evil in sight of the Lord. So Hezekiah could not follow in the footsteps of his father. In fact, he had to undo what his father did. So he had to find someone that he could look at that understood what was good in the sight of the Lord. So that's what he modeled. He did not model the actions of his father. He modeled the actions of a worshiper. And he restored worship to the kingdom. This is a season to restore worship to our kingdom, to our temple. If we're going to take our mountain, we have to understand the worship before the Lord is going to give us the advancement up the mountain. The worship before the Lord. And the other thing that he did, you know, his father closed the doors to the temple. Closed them. Now, this is the same temple that Solomon dedicated. They moved the ark into the temple, and the priest fell on their face because the presence was so heavy that they could not stand. We know that when the door is closed to the Lord, the door is open to the enemy. And one of the things we have to do in this season is make sure that our temple is open to the Lord and the doors are closed to the enemy. We have to go through that process. And I love what Ruth does because she helps with that process to make sure that there is not a door open for the enemy to access us. 
And that is done before the presence of the Lord. It's opening that temple back up, making sure that our worship is pure and holy and, and full of life. That, that as um, uh, Jamie Lynn explained yesterday, that we are right here in front of Jesus. We're not over there trying to figure out the world. We just stay here right in front of Jesus. It is a season of intimacy that's going to bring breakthrough. It is the intimacy that's going to be breakthrough. You know, we cannot have revelation light without the light of Christ in us. We can't expect to have these deep layers of revelation unless we have deep layers of relationship with Jesus. We just can't. We just can't. But Jesus has made room for all of us to know him, to partner with him to engage with him in such a oneness that it takes our breath away. It takes our breath away. So he's inviting us to this intimacy like we've never had before. And I love this scripture. It's Song of Solomon's of the Passion Translation 5-2. It says, I sleep, but my heart is awake. It is the voice of my beloved. That's where we are. We, we are, we are, climbing our mountain under the voice of our beloved. He is drawing us in and we're like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, it is the power of you in me that propels me to the top of the mountain you've given me. And, and like, uh, I don't know who's, I think maybe Ruth said it. It's not just a mountain. It's ranges of mountain that God is calling us to take. And we have the ability to do it. We have the ability to take our family. I can tell you testimony after testimony of families reconciled, restored. I can tell you testimonies of children coming home. I can tell you testimonies of, of my son going to college and being introduced to who God is not. And coming home trying to figure out who God is. And going through a process of thinking he is going to marry someone that is not for him. And she is not for, uh, they are not for each other. They, they, but they don't know it. And that contention for our family is fought in heaven. It's us and God warring for the best thing for our family to reconcile. And now he's married to the one that is his. And, and my daughter-in-law is pregnant, who was told she could never get pregnant. Not on my watch. My daughter-in-law are going to have the generations that God has promised me. My daughter just had a baby. I'm telling you, it is time to stake the claim for our family. Our children will not be barren. Our children will not be lost. The generations and the generations and the generations to come, come out of the mountain that I have climbed, that I have fought for, and I have contended for. And for our finances, you know, we think that it is the government that controls our finances, that it is the economy that controls our finances. That is a lie. It is God that controls my finances. I learned something so incredible from Patricia. I don't know if you've re read her book, the, uh, I think it's called Access the Riches of Heaven, right? Oh, yes, there it is. I learned about the benefactor anointing. And I received that benefactor anointing. And I have become a bank. <laughs> Because I learned how to invest in people that propelled them and blessed me. 
So I'm telling you guys, it is time to take back control what is God's. Our family is God's. Our children are God's. Our finances are God's. Our mountains is God's. So whatever anybody says that comes against what God says, they're wrong. They're wrong. It, it is. It's as simple as that. And and so, um, yeah, it's just, it is simple as that. You know, the word of God, I will get it down and I'll say, God, because I'm trying to get breakthrough. I'm like, God, let me read to you what your word says, because I am partnering with him and I need to make sure that him and I have a clear communication me more than him, <laughs> but that's okay because I like to make sure that we are on the same page. And there are so many times I will sit down and say, God, this is what your word says. And I am activating that word over my life because it says your word is active and alive. It says that your word will never fail. It will not fall to the ground without being fulfilled. So why would I not release what is going to be fulfilled in my life when I release it. You know what King Hezekiah did? The king of Assyria decided that he was going to get Judah and take it away from King Hezekiah. Has the enemy threatened to take your mountain? He sent in taunters that taunted the watchmen on the wall. He even said... King Hezekiah said, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid. Well, King Assyria said, let me just tell you, your God has sent me to take you. Lying spirit, spirit of fear, spirit of torment. And King Hezekiah ripped his clothes. And then the king of Assyria sends him a letter saying, this is what I'm going to do. The prophet comes, Isaiah comes and says, that's not going to happen. King, the king of Assyria will hear a rumor and he will fall to his death. But Hezekiah, this is what he does. He takes the letter that the enemy has sent him. How many of you have gotten a letter from the enemy that says, I'm going to take your mountain? And like Ruth said, sometimes that letter comes in the form of your friends, your family, the people who just love you, uh, but they don't understand what God's called you to do. You know, I saw this little thing. I'm from the South. And I saw this little thing that says, when you hear, oh, bless your heart, <laughs> that means you ain't right. and We don't believe anything you're saying, but it's okay. Sometimes people come up to you and you're saying, yeah, God is showing me this. And they're like, oh, bless your heart. Because I want you to know that I don't believe in you. I'm not going to agree with you. I'm not going to stand with you. King Hezekiah took that letter of the enemy and he laid it before the Lord. And he said, Lord, contend with me for what's contending against you. Contend with me. For what's contending with you, against you. And he tells the Lord, he says, Lord, I just want to read one little part of his prayer. He says, he says, he received the letter from the enemy and he says, Lord, Lord, 
God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim. You are God. You are God. He doesn't talk about what the enemy said. He's laid the letter before the Lord. He doesn't talk about what the enemy said. He doesn't read the letter out loud to God. What he does is he turns his face and he says, you are God. That's all he needed. Even though he goes on, you are God. God, this is what's contending for me and my mountain. But all I have to say is you are God. That is my trump card against the enemy. When I declare the name of Jesus, it wins every hand. When we lay the name of Jesus over what's come against us, it is immediately defeated. Because the name of Jesus is the name above all name. The blood of Jesus covers everything. And the enemy cannot stand under the name of Jesus. Because you are God. You are God. That's right. So, what happens? God says, don't worry about it. Sit back, relax. I got this. I love it when God says, sit back and relax. Watch the fireworks. Watch the fireworks. You know what happens? The angel of the Lord goes out and kills 185,000 enemy warriors that have come against King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah never left his throne room. God said, I got this. But you understand King Hezekiah prepared the ground ahead of time. He restored worship. He restored Passover. He tore, tore down all the pagan idols. He got rid of everything that set itself above God. And God said, you've done your part. Let me do mine. And when they went out, there were dead corpses all over the ground. The king of Assyria ran back home. And his two sons killed him. Whoops. That's what happens when you don't have God. You don't have that trump card to lay down and say, God, this is the enemy's plan, but you are God. And his plan will not proceed against me, right? So I know that the enemy loves to torture us. But you know what? He's this big. I can't even hardly see him. And I got my contacts on. And God's this big. <laughs> and he's so big, we can't hardly see him. He's just all over the place. The enemy wants to lie to you. He wants to tell you you'll never have that mountain. He wants to tell you you've gone so far, but you're not going to be able to make it the whole way. But God wants to tell you that you are going to make it. And when you get there, you are not going to believe what he has planned for you. It's going to be more than you can ever imagine. You know, have you ever gotten to where you want to be, where God has promised you, and you realized it's so much grander than you could have ever imagined? It's so much better than you ever thought. I'm like, God, thank you so much 
for not fulfilling what I could see because what you fulfilled is so much better than what I thought. And I want us to contend for just a minute. I left a little extra time because I want us to contend. You know, Hezekiah had to contend for his health too. I don't know if you guys remember, but Isaiah sent a word and said, you're going to (laughs) die. Hezekiah's like, oh no. He turned his face to God and he said, God, you are God. Remember where we've been together. Remember what has happened. You are God. I went through a season of uh, having some health problems, and uh, I'm sure, you know, all of us have had different things, but I went through a season of having some health problems. I had uh, um, autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's, and it's a thyroid disease where your thyroid doesn't work. My thyroid functioned at .005, and that was with three grams of thyroid medicine every day. It's supposed to go at about 2.0 to 2.5. It was at .005. And I contended. I used to draw pictures of what a healthy thyroid would look like. I looked it up on the Internet. And I would get the word out. And I would say, God, your word says that by your stripes I'm healed. Your word says that what I ask that you will give me. Because when I ask, it brings glory to the Father. And I contended, and I contended, and it took a long time. I like instant miracles. Does anybody like instant miracles? I'm kind of an instant person. I like Keurigs. I like ATMs. I mean, I like instant, 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 instant. So, uh, but it took some time. And one morning I woke up, and God said, I've healed you. I said, can I quit taking my medicine? He said, yes, I quit taking it that day. And you know what the enemy did? Are you sure God healed you? You feel a little tired. I think that's your thyroid. Maybe you need to just take a little bit. I went for my physical. My doctor's like, "Mm, that's really sweet. We'll see what the blood work says. When I got my blood work back, my thyroid was functioning in at 1.59. The next time they did blood work, it was 1.69. It has continued to increase, increase, increase. But it was a battle. I had to contend against the enemy trying to steal the mountain that God gave me in health. I had to fight for it. And I had to keep telling myself, yes, I heard Jesus speak to me. Yes, I did what he said. Yes, I don't care whether I'm tired or not because Jesus said I was healed. Sometimes we have to fight for the word that God has given us in order to see the full manifestation of it because it was already done, but the enemy wanted me to give it back to give it back to God, give it to him and say, God didn't heal me. I'm going to start taking my thyroid medicine again. I'm going to go back. You know, he wanted me to give up the mountain of health that God gave me. He wanted me to give up. He wants you to give up. He wants you to give up your victories. He wants you to give up how you've advanced by just tormenting you and taunting you, just like the king of Assyria did to Hezekiah. And I want to break any of that off. I want to make sure that when we go out of here for lunch to enjoy the sun and the fun and the salads and the friendship and all those great things, that we go out knowing that the enemy is under our feet. 
that the enemy is under our feet. That here, when you hear everybody talking, you're thinking, I don't know. Wow, God's doing so much through them. No, God is doing so much through you. Every one of us, God is doing so much through. So I'm going to ask you to stand because we're going to go after God for a breakthrough. Who feels like they need a breakthrough in health? We've got, we've got some time. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Ruth to come up and help me pray. But uh, the people who need breakthrough in health, I'm going to have come up. And then I want to know who needs, uh, I want you to come up and just make a straight line. And who needs a breakthrough in their mountain? It's okay if you're the same, but I just want to see. Okay. Okay. Yep. Why don't y'all all come up and we'll just pray for you. We got, we got 10 minutes and I have liberty. And, and if you're online here, will you move that back a little? If you're online, if you need that breakthrough, I want you to post it online because we're just going to pray right now for everybody to have that breakthrough. And you're going to have to make two lines because, you know, guys, we can't uh, weave through all that. Yeah. And we're just going to pray over you. We're going to release healing. Someone had, uh, Jamie Lynn, didn't you have healing in your jaw? I had pain in when in worship when we um, were singing. I'm like in pain 24-7, like a light, dull pain, and it just, I was like looking at him, expecting a healing, and the pain left. Pain left. Healing left. We had someone else who had healing. Uh, I prayed for last night. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I have like a pelvic misalignment instability, and it um, went out of whack a little bit <clears throat> yesterday, but um, we prayed over it, and... Um, it's back in alignment. I actually felt it go back in, and I don't have any pain today. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And you know, what happens when we hear a testimony of healing? God does it again, right? And so tell me, I know you. Yes. Um, you prayed for my shoulder last night, and it's about 85%. Okay. We're, we're, we're 100% God, right? Part of it. My, my, my lead pastor also is having shoulder issues, and the Lord's had me praying for him, so I'm wondering if part of it might just be I'm carrying it for him as well. Yeah, well, let's release it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we just release it now. So we know that God wants to heal. I knew that before I came. I told Patricia and Michelle that God's going to release a healing anointing. He's going to release a breakthrough anointing. And if you feel like you're not clear on your mountain, God is, has an anointing of clarity over you. So, so you're going to go away saying, my God, my God, I cannot believe what you did for me. Amen. So we're just going to run through and pray. We're not going to talk about it because we trust the Holy Spirit has anointed what you need. We're going to release it, release, 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 release. Okay, let's go, Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.